Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about something from my new book, How to Help Your Child Clean Up Their Mental Mess, A Guide to Building Resilience and Managing Mental Health. I wrote this for you. This is something I wish I had when I was a young parent. I wrote this to help you help your child manage their mental health. As we know, there's such a pandemic crisis with mental health with our children in this current ta- in this current time or this current age. And I believe a huge part of it, if you look at the research, is because of how we have been managing mental health. We've mismanaged mental health and we've created a 40-year problem, which is very evident in our children now. 40 years ago, we started looking at humans as, in a very neuro-reductionistic, brain-focused way, instead of looking at a person's story and bringing the whole mind component in. And that's led to a lot of problems that we see the evidence today. That hasn't worked. The evidence is that it hasn't worked. If it did work, then we wouldn't have so many issues today. So around this, here I have providing you with a tool, a set of tools in this book to help you help your child manage their mental health. I teach about the neurocycle. Those of you that have been following me for a while, you know a lot about the neurocycle at this point, the system for mind-directed neuroplasticity. Well, you can teach this to children as young as two and three years of age. So that's what I've done in this book. And today I'm specifically going to talk about something on page 145 of this book. And I'm going to just start by reading just a couple of things, and then I'm going to dive in. So I'm going to be talking about safety net parenting versus helicopter parenting in this time day and age zeitgeist where we have so many so much access to social media so much access to knowledge there's also a tremendous amount of pressure on parents to be perfect parents which is just completely unrealistic and I encourage you to go listen to my previous podcasts on messy parenting and how messy parenting is the norm and aligned with this sort of in pressure on a parent to be this perfect parent has bred this helicopter parenting concept And so I want to talk about that today, and I talk about that in my book as well. So safety net parenting, to help our child develop a sense of autonomy and build identity, we as parents and caregivers need to know how to get involved in our children's lives without smothering them. And the reason I love that statement is because I'm not saying don't be involved in your child's life, but how do we find the balance between being involved in our children's lives without smothering them? Because smothering them is not going to help their mental health. And so I go on to explain what that is and give some examples, and that is what I'm going to talk about today. So once again, to help a child develop their sense of autonomy and build identity, we as parents and caregivers need to know how to get involved in the right way without smothering. So the concept of helicopter parenting is basically taking an overprotective, smothering view of your child, well, approach to parenting, showing excessive interest in the life of your child. Now, obviously, we're interested in our children's lives. I'm a mother of four, about to be grandmother of my first child fairly soon. And we obviously want to protect them and do all that kind of stuff. I'm not going against that. But in helping our children, we also have to know how to take a step back. So helicopter parenting is the wrong way of doing it. It's smothering, it's overprotecting, it's excessive interest to the point where a child cannot develop their identity correctly. It's the kind of parenting that constantly shadows a child directing their every movement and filling their every moment. This is not healthy for a child. It does not give them enough time to play or grow freely. 
if every moment of every day is filled with this activity before school, this all the school activities, from the moment they get home from school to the moment they go to bed all weekend, every holiday, that is not healthy. Helicopter parenting takes away opportunities for a child to learn and develop healthy life skills and habits. You can only learn a life skill and a habit by failing. You've got to attempt, fail, learn from the failure and move forward. We messy as humans. We are making muddling our way through life and it's the muddling our way that then lands up with the issues that are sort of messy and we've got to know how to recognize, okay, this didn't work. What did I learn from this? And that's what we as parents want to help them We do. So when you helicopter parenting and you solve all of the problems for them and you don't allow them to make these mistakes, you're removing a whole part of their development from them. And that can lead to all kinds of mental health issues, which will then just be labeled and totally exacerbate the problem. So this kind of parenting, helicopter parenting, will impact a child's mental growth. They have to grow mentally. Sending the message to the child that my parents don't trust me to do this on my own. So there must be something wrong with me or lacking in me. None of us intentionally want to send that message to a child. But by doing everything for them, you do send the message that my parents don't trust me to do anything on my own. We have to foster a sense in the child that we trust them to muddle their way through life, to do things on their own, to make the mistakes. Even with our adult children, we have to stand back and and let them make mistakes. We have to believe in them so we're here for you, but you've got to let them go through this mental growth. We don't want to send the message that there's something wrong with me or lacking in me that my parents always have to step in and be there fixing, preparing, covering up, etc. If we don't allow a child to make these mistakes and to feel that they're trusted to do things on their own, this can affect self-esteem. It's really one of the things that can crush self-esteem. If a child thinks you don't think they can do something on their own, if you don't, they don't believe you trust, if they don't think that you trust them enough to do something on their own. If the parent or caregiver is always there to clean up their mess instead of teaching the child that it's okay to make a mistake, it's okay to make a mess, and here's how we can together collaboratively work out how to fix things up or make things better or clean up the mess or whatever the language is that's appropriate for the situation. Like you hear me say so often to you, it's okay to be a mess. I was doing a conference once and there were a few thousand people there and at the end of the conference they asked, what did you learn most of them, there were different speakers in this conference, and someone yelled at the back, it's okay to be a mess. And the whole audience of 5,000 plus whatever it was erupted. And that is what that was a freeing message for those adults in that moment. It's a freeing message that I give myself so often and that you've heard me say to you so often. Let's also give this message to our children. It's okay to be a mess, but let's learn how to clean up the mess. I'm excited to tell you about something that I've been supplementing with high MGO raw Manuka honey. The best tasting honey on the planet comes from New Zealand. It's called Manuka honey and it's made by a company called Manukora. This honey is different because the bees are feeding on the nectar of the Manuka tree, making a super honey that has a rich and creamy texture that is unlike anything you've ever tried before. It's called a super honey because of a unique combination of antioxidants and prebiotics, including a natural antibacterial compound called MGO that only comes from the nectar of the Manuka tree. 
I love that it contains nutrients that support optimal immune and digestive health. My personal favorite is the MGO 850 Plus, which I use to sweeten tea, bake, and on cinnamon raisin bagels for breakfast. It's delicious. The creamy caramel texture melts in your mouth and is unlike anything I have ever tried. Plus, it is great for digestion as it supports a healthy microbiotal balance in the gut. Every Manukora batch is also 100% traceable with a unique QR code on every jar. You can verify potency, purity, and even learn about the specific beekeeper that harvested your honey. Manukora's honey is available in a range of easy-to-use formats, including squeeze bottles and compostable honey sticks, so you can eat it straight or add to your favorite foods and drinks. If you head to manukora.com slash drleaf or use the code drleaf, you'll automatically get a free pack of honey sticks with your order, a $15 value. That's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash drleaf or use the code drleaf to get a free pack of compostable honey sticks with your order. The link and details will be in the show notes. If you helicopter parent a child, the child will never really learn how to cope with loss. Loss is inevitable. So if helicopter parenting, if you remove the ability to understand and feel the pain and grieve and feel the sadness and the depression and the anxiety, you, you're not going to cope with the loss. There's also disappointment. We know life's filled with disappointments. Helicopter parenting doesn't help your child to build the resilience to deal with cope with loss, disappointment or failure. A child needs to learn how to fail and realize failing is not the end of the world. It's how we learn. It's not, oh, I failed. It's what can I learn and what not to do next time. And then that will impact their mental development as they age. If they, they need to cope, they need to go through loss and disappointment and failure in order to grow their mental health. It's how we help them manage that that is really going to bring mental health and help a child grow into a healthy adult, adolescent and adult. Many, in fact, there's many studies that have found that helicopter parenting can make a child feel less competent when dealing with, manage, and with dealing and managing stresses on their own. So they feel like they just don't have the competence to deal. They're always going to have to get help. They're always going to rely on something external. And as they go into adulthood, that's not a healthy as place to be, as we all know, having to constantly rely on an external source for their own sense of peace. Now, there are many reasons that a parent may adopt this style of, this style of care. And already I mentioned, you know, social media influences and, you know, the par perfect parenting and all the parenting books can be very overwhelming and very confusing. But there is a tremendous pressure to be this perfect parent. And that, you know, can contribute to helicopter parenting. Other things that can contribute is including included things like a fear of the future you know ai i'm going to do an, a podcast on ai soon but you know there's this fear that ai is going to take over i don't have any control the surveillance over my child or my child getting consumed in social media so fear of your of what your child's being exposed to fear of the future and the feel the deep absolutely normal and natural response to protect our children from any kind of harm and that that drives can drive this helicopter-type parenting, but it has the opposite effect. It's not going to make them strong and resilient, as I've been saying. It can also come from the kind of experience that you had as a parent growing up. The impact of your parents' parenting on you can make you feel very, well, it may have, may, have been, it may have been very abusive, made you feel very vulnerable, 
And so you're so terrified of your child going through that that you then adopt a helicopter parenting style to protect them and to bubble wrap them. In many cases, it also comes from adults that felt unloved, that felt like they couldn't connect emotionally with their parents. And they're trying to make up for that. They're trying to absolutely make sure that my child feels loved and my child doesn't feel neglected and my child feels connected with. Maybe as a child, you you were ignored and you don't want this to happen to your child. And that ignoring, this is almost like a trauma response to helicopter parent a child. You know, so if you've seen that you're helicopter parenting a child, it's really important that you go and do some neurocycle work for yourself. And this is where you can use the new book because I explain how to do the neurocycle there. You can get on my app, the neurocycle app. You can use the combination together. You've got Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess book. I've got so much advice on this podcast on how to do neurocycling. But go and do a neurocycle for yourself. Gather awareness of why am I helicopter parenting? This is a behavior. What are my feelings associated with this? What is my perspective as I do this helicopter parenting? What is What does my body feel like? Why am I doing this? Why are these specific behaviors? And identify the helicopter parenting behaviors. What specifically are you doing and saying? And then you know, write that all down and, and get it. Just show it out. Brain dump. The third step of the, medic, of the neurocycle. And then go back and reconceptualize it. Embrace it to process it, to reconceptualize it. I'm doing this because of that. It's maybe associated with this rejection in childhood and I'm really fearful and when I see my child doing this I know what could happen so I'm trying to be preemptive and proactive and prevent everything and in doing that all that great intentional stuff you actually then do it for them so what you can do is take that what's your active reach take that in that insight that you now have as an adult from what you went through as a child and actually let the child fail and then do let them go through give them the space to you know make the mistakes and experience the uh, uh, cope with the loss and disappointment and grief and whatever life throws at them, and then don't just leave it at that to cope on their own. Say, okay, I see that you're sad, that you're grieving, that you are battling with this disappointment. That's okay. Let's do a neurocycle. Let's talk about and go through the whole process. And then your work that you did in your neurocycle will give you great languaging for how they can then learn from what they're going through. But you've allowed them to go through it. You've allowed them to process it. You've collaboratively facilitated a process of them going through in the sequential way, which is driving the mind-brain-body connection in the right direction. So you're wiring in healthy networks into the brain by helping them to process through. Now, that, what I've described, is the opposite of helicopter parenting. It's what I call safety net parenting, where we work on ourselves, when we see our own reactions and see what we're doing, that we objectively stand back and observe if we have these bouts of helicopter parenting and you know, the extent and how often, etc., and then working through it in the way I've described. That is safety net parenting. So one more thing about helicopter parenting. When we helicopter parent instead of safety net parenting, the insecurities that we have that we haven't worked on, these are picked up in a child. Your anxiety, your stress, your insecurities, these are picked up in the child. So it's way better to talk about them and show them where they come from and how you're managing them. Obviously, language and boundary appropriate. You don't want to overload a child with things they don't need, which I often speak about. But the mental health of your child is very dependent on your mental health. How you manage stress is going to affect how they manage stress. Your anxiety levels are, you know, determining the child's anxiety levels. I've done research and we're about to publish a paper on the impact of teachers' mental health on children as well. So in, if you're a teacher and a parent or caregiver, in some way this, this, is a, you know, this is appropriate for you as well, this information. 
because the mental health of the adult, the caregivers, the teachers is going to impact the mental health or be reflected in how the child manages their mental health. So that's why I can't stress enough. Give yourself permission to be messy and manage that through doing the neurocycles and then bring that into a collaborative, honest, open, authentic demonstration to them of how you're managing and then let them apply. That's safety net parenting. You see, our insecurities will be picked up by the child. Children are really good at reading nonverbal language, actually best than adults, and but they don't have full, the full linguistic and um, and, and a logical, mathematical, cognitive skills yet to be able to analyze all of this information depending on their age. And so therefore, it's really important that you help them interpret what they've read, that you provide a space safe, that they, that they can check with you, is it something bad that I've done? You know, that they can check back and you can say, no, 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 it's not something bad that you've done. I do trust you. I just battle sometimes to let you do it on your own because when I did it when I was on my own, I made so many mistakes and I don't want you to make the same mistakes, but actually you need to make your own mistakes and then I can help you and we can work through this together. And children love that that kind of response. So unfortunately, if we don't be honest and speak out and be authentic about how we're experiencing things and do what I've just described, their default, a child's default, may, may be to blame themselves in some way because of their desire to please the parent, which will in turn affect their sense of self as they grow. So a child, by default, will blame themselves for things if they don't understand how you're responding and reacting. So if you are helicopter parenting, as I said, the example of this is that they're seeing, okay, there's something wrong with me. It's their default because my parent doesn't trust me and so on. Okay, so let's talk about safety net parenting. This is the kind of parenting that makes space for a child to struggle. So they're not alone, but you're making the space for them to struggle. You're not smothering you're creating the space. Let them struggle. Let them battle. Let them battle, for example, to tie that shoelace and just dive in and do it for them. Let them battle. Let them struggle. And at a point where they're getting very frustrated, you know, maybe give them, look, this. you do this first, you know, fold the little loop like that. Now you try that. And so it's very collaborative, but let them struggle first and then show them and talk about maybe how you struggle to tie a shoelace and this is what you did and, you know, whatever. That's a simple example, but let them struggle first. Allow them to be disappointed and upset. It's not bad if a child gets disappointed and upset. It's part of being human. It's part of character development. It's part of mental health development. Trying to remove disappointment from a child's life will make them fragile. They're not fragile. It masks resilience instead of unmasking our natural resilience. It's okay for them to be upset. It's okay for them to go through and talk about how that friend was not nice to them at school and that this and that happened. It's okay for them to come home and talk about that. And to they're going to have that happen. But if you go jump in immediately and take this out and that shouldn't have happened and they, that friend is bad and jump in and try and solve that problem and run to the school and or speak to the parent, you know, sometimes it'll be necessary for you to intervene, but let them struggle. Let them talk through. Let them first ex go work through what the issue is before you jump in. And that's where the neurocycle is so great. And it's so practically laid out here. I give you such... A lot of detail on how to actually work through the neurocycle with ages, ages 2 through 10. This book is ages through 2 through 10. And by the way, you'll see my little Brainy character over here, which is a toy that we've also created. You'll see Brainy as a cartoon character throughout this book. Brainy is a superhero who walks this mental health journey, whatever it is with you. So safety net parenting is going to enable you to help your child 
connect with something like this brainy character to help them process through and walk the mental health journey. We have to walk the mental health journey. I also have a coloring book with brainy and friends and they can color in and there's scenarios and there's some blank pages that they can also write on. So these are tools. We're giving children tools to be able to, to struggle effectively. So let's talk about the safety net parenting side. Basically, it makes space for a child to struggle, number one. It allows them to be disappointed and upset, number two. Number three, then it helps them, then give them space to struggle, number one. Allow them to be disappointed and upset, whatever emotions. Then, number three, help them work through their feelings safely without judgment. Okay, this is all in this book and in the NeuroCycle, exactly how to do it. It teaches the child this is teaching a child the safety net parenting to develop a mindset, to develop a network inside their mind-brain-body connection that learns and grows and isn't afraid of failure, okay? We don't want children to be afraid of failure because it's an inevitable part of life. Failure is not a problem. It's the lessons we learn from it that, we, that build it into something positive. Number five, it's defined, safety net parenting is defined by a sense of this is what doesn't work and that's okay. Let's repair and learn and grow. Okay, so this is what doesn't work and that's okay. Let's repair, let's learn and let's grow and let's do this together with them getting more and more and more and more independence. But let them struggle first. Number six, this kind of parenting looks for opportunities, actively looks for opportunities to let children do what they are physically and mentally capable of doing, to step back, but still stay in the room, in, in inverted commas, whatever that looks like. It helps a child build up their own value and resilience, which will in turn help them shape their own identity. To understand the style of parenting, I love to use the example, and the reason why I call it safety net parenting, is to use the example of imagining that your child is an acrobat. And your child is, you nervously watch them climb to the top of the ladder. And, you know, there's maybe different levels. So, you know, like they have that, there's levels and then there's like a little thing that sticks out and there's that one level and there's another level. Maybe there's another level. And you can imagine all these levels. And they're going to get to that level and then there's a swing that they've got to catch and swing across or they're maybe going to do some move with some other person or they've got to jump from one thing to the next or they've got to walk along a tightrope, whatever. All those kinds of things. So imagine that the child struggling on their own up the steps, facing this issue and struggling through the issue. And there they're walking along the tightrope and then boom, they fall. But what do they fall? Into the safety net. That's where you come in. You and I, the parents, we are the safety net. We've let them climb the ladder. We've let them stand on the ledge. We've let them walk the tightrope or swing the swing and we've let them fall. And they've gone back up and they've tried again and they've gone back up and maybe they keep on falling, keep on falling and they just cannot get the swing right or cannot walk more than a, a step along the tightrope. But the practice, as they go along, you catch them and say, let's do this again. Let's analyze what, what didn't work. Let's go through the neurocycle and let's try again. That's safety net parenting as opposed to doing it for them. Helicopter doing it for them, this is what you must do, this is how you do it, and walking along and doing it for them or doing it with them and trying to prevent anything from going wrong along the way. That breeds, breeds a lot of entitlement as well and a lot of misunderstanding of, you know, people are there just to do things for me and it can breed a bit of narcissism, affect self-esteem. It's very unrealistic. It's not what life is like and it doesn't prepare children for life at all. The helicopter parenting versus safety net parenting does. You know, and then 
once they master that level, they can go a little higher and a little higher, more complex things as life brings on more complex things. So see yourself as the safety net below. You have your arms wide open to catch your child if they fall. That wide open means you've created a safe space where they feel they can come and talk to you. But only after they've struggled and tried. You are there to save them from dejection and to bounce them back up again. To bounce, you know, to have the safety net bounces them back up and jump back onto the ladder and so they go again. So they can try once more and once more and once more. You are the foundation that gives them the courage to keep going. I believe in you. You can do this. It's fantastic that you tried. Listen, you got up three stairs. Next time you'll get up five. Next time you'll get to the ledge. I'm proud of your effort. I'm proud of your effort as opposed to just the end product. Okay, so give them the courage to keep going, to practice walking that tightrope swinging through the air or performing some spectacular gymnastic feats, whatever that looks like, translated into their lives. We can do this, the safety net parenting using the neurocycle. We can train ourselves and we can train our kids to do it and we can create this collaborative effort because the, safe, the neurocycle basically provides the tool, scientifically mind-driven tool, that to correctly help your child work through the psychological stresses and distresses of life. And so that they don't become toxic and dangerous. So we don't, one of the things is teaching it that comes in sometimes with helicopter parenting is just pretending things aren't a problem and just suppressing things and, you know, kind of glossing over things that are serious that need to be talked about that builds a toxic stress in the child. And it's, it's teaching the child to you know, all kinds of incorrect things. I did a podcast on that as well. So the process of the neurocycle is helping us define, helping us to help ourselves and the child to find the line okay, between letting your child struggle through tough emotions for growth and preventing them from suffering because they have established process or a habit that they've got into. So it's to help you make that distinction because sometimes like, how do I know the difference? How do I know when I must step in and you know, be careful of not being a helicopter parent or you know, when I wait for them to fall so that they bounce back? You know, what is that final? What does it feel like and what does it look like? Finding good quality, unique meat and seafood for an affordable price can be very stressful. But premium meals don't have to come at a premium price. ButcherBox provides you with the best meat and seafood on the planet so you can whip up quality meals on your budget or without having to leave the comfort of your own home. ButcherBox takes the guesswork out of finding high quality meat and seafood you can trust with 100% grass-fed beef, organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free and wild-caught seafood. All of their products are humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. With ButcherBox, I get just what I want delivered right to my doorstep with free shipping in the continent of the US and no surprise fees. Plus, I get to choose from a variety of box plan options from curated to customized and I change my plan whenever I want. Recently, my husband and I have been enjoying their juicy grass-fed steaks, which we have been grilling with friends and family as we enjoy the start of summer. I also love that they have recipe inspiration, guides, tips and hacks. Some are even personalized, so I can always cook up a mouth-watering meal any time of the day, which is great when I don't have time to plan what to cook for lunch or dinner. And for a limited time, ButcherBox is giving us special deals. Sign up today at butcherbox.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and use the code Dr. Leaf to get New York strips for a year plus $20 off your first order. That's butcherbox.com forward slash Dr. Leaf and use the code Dr. Leaf to claim this deal. The link and details will be in the show notes. Well, I wish I could give you the actual formula 
and the ex- exact feelings, but this is going to come from your experience. I think your gut, you know what I'm talking about because you've gone just apply your own life experiences, how you so much more efficient after learning that what not to do. And if you really learn from what not to do, you know, you move forward differently. This is, you know, this is what we want to try and help our child do. So the neurocycle is so value, valuable for that, which is why in the beginning I stressed, you know, validate yourself. When are you helicopter parenting? What are the triggers? What are the situations? And when have you done some safety net parenting? Because probably it's a combination. And if you find that you're at a three to one ratio of helicopter to safety net, well, you know, then you need to look at why have I got a higher ratio of of helicopter parenting versus safety net. And as you go through that, you can work out what you're doing and how you're responding, what your triggers on work on that, as I said already. And in doing that, you start being able to define the line for yourself, which is then easier to translate to the child. Now, as the child comes home and they're struggling, they're telling you about a friend who teased them at school and they're so upset and they're crying and, you know, your immediate reaction is, oh, to, you know, to take it all away and take the pain away and go and, you know, fight their battle on their behalf Stand back and say, hey, it's okay. You can cry. Yes, that is hard. Let them discuss their emotions, their behaviors. How does it feel? Go through the five steps. Ask them to give a little sentence around how do you feel? How does that make you, your, your body feel when you feel, when your te- friend teased you, made you sad, made your tummy sore, made you think that, you know, you got, she's going, or he's going to never be your friend again. It's going, it makes you maybe want to just withdraw and run away and not go to school. And that's okay. Let's talk about why. Why did it make you feel like that? What happened? What was the story? And then, you know, write that all down or enact that or draw that, which is the third step. And then say, okay, let's take this. Now, what do? What can we do? How can we? Because as you go through those three steps, a lot about the situation and the context are going to be revealed. And when you've got more context, then you can see, oh, okay, well, this and this happened. It's been building up and this is a story and this is a context. And okay, this is, and you guide them and say, can you see that maybe when you said that, that maybe upset them and when that happened and well, the scenario is there. And that's the recheck step where you can start distinguishing that line between the two. And then you can get into, okay, so what could our action be to sort out the situation? Grows out of the recheck. Let's practice our little action, which could be something as simple as I'm going to phone my friend and talk to her. Over the phone, I'm going to, tomorrow at school, when I go back to school, I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to say something like, that really hurt me, but I can see that you hurt me because I actually hurt you. And can we sort this out? Whatever. You're going to help them find that. And now you've reasoned through, you've taught them that it's okay to be a mess. You've taught them. You've, tra- you've, you've been the safety net. You've allowed them to express. You've allowed them to fall and to bounce back. Well, I hope this has helped you. So... We need to do our own neurocycle to learn to tolerate our children's distresses so they can tolerate their distresses. Profound, okay? We need to do our neurocycle. So let's say that your child is really battling with a lot of stuff and you just, you know, it's like one thing after another and, you know, it's just so distressing and you can't understand it and you don't know where this is coming from and it's affecting you and your reactions to the child. So working on our own neurocycle to work out our own distress towards our child's distress to try and get ourselves in a place where we calmer work through those emotions so they don't build up in us and explode like a volcano all over your child so in trying to help them you kind of make things worse or you go back into helicopter parenting style to make you both both of you feel better to try and you know cover up what's going on and so on you want to be able to work out your own distress so that you can tolerate their distress so when you're in a good place then you can see their distress and instead of trying to get rid of their distress you tolerate it and because helicopter parenting oh, I can't I can't 
deal with their distress. I can't, I don't want them to be in pain. I know you don't want them to be in pain, nor do I want my kids to be in pain. But you have to tolerate their distress so that they can talk about it. It's their distress, not yours. It's inside of them. It's not inside of you. We've got to go through that very sequential process of getting that neurophysiology, mind-brain network, psychoneurobiology working. That's what the neurocycle does to help them to tolerate their distress. But you've got to get yourself in the place where you can tolerate your distress about their distress. It's normal and okay to feel depression and anxiety, okay? We've got a sweet spot for it. They're not bad emotions. If your child is feeling depression or anxiety or, you know, these distressing things that can make you feel like so anxious, you know, a helicopter parent, you just want to take it away and and make it, and, and eliminate that. You cannot eliminate depression and anxiety. You'll never eliminate depression and anxiety from you or any or any child that you have because depression and anxiety are messengers and there's a sweet spot for depression and anxiety in a child and and all those kinds of emotions that we would classify as negative they're not negative they're messengers when they when they're unmanaged they will become toxic and then they become intolerable but when we manage them through getting them out and going through the neurocycle we take that negative energy from the depression and the anxiety and we transfer that over into the healthy energy so by talking through i felt so sad or let's say your child comes home from school and they just withdraw and for days it's happening and they just withdraw in the room and you can see that they're depressed so it's being able to, uh, the helicopter parent is is in tendencies to try and just fix that depression and like, fix it for them. You can't fix it for them. You need to sort out your own distress at their depression and then talk to them and, and explain through your modeling, through talking to them, say things like, it's okay, I see you're very sad. You really don't want to do anything. You don't want to play. You don't want to eat. You don't want to, and you just, every day you're coming home from school and you, you know, you're just so sad. I can see you very, very depressed and that's okay. Let's work through this. Let's do a neurocycle to work through how, why you're feeling depressed. So allowing them to get that up in these little steps and stages disseminates that toxic energy that's built up and it's shifted the depression into this negative zone. So you tell them, this, you're, you're feeling so sad and, and depressed if, they if they're old enough to understand that word, is telling us something. Let's see what it's telling us. Let's try and find out and work out what it's telling us. Okay, so the other thing is when we're doing this, what we're doing is we're teaching our children. And I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. We're teaching our children that not only is it okay to be a mess, but we're teaching them that you're not going to stay a mess. You don't have to stay in that deep level of depression. It's okay to have it, and once we acknowledge it, we then get power over it. You're empowering your child to see that this is a step towards healing, that I acknowledge this depression. It's okay to feel it. I'm not judging you. And then let's see, it's coming from something. This is not who you are, and it allows you to then see depression as a warning signal, and it'll go along with a behavior, and it'll feel like something in your body, and influences how you're looking at life. Giving them that languaging and then steps to work through in the neurocycle is helping them to manage their distress and is moving you into the zone of being a safety net parent as opposed to doing it for them as a helicopter parent would do. So removing, in conclusion, removing all challenges and overindulging a child will make them feel frustrated and entitled, which will stunt their mental development and growth. On the other hand, and that's what happens with helicopter parenting, on the other hand, when you teach them to embrace the challenges they face and process and reconceptualize what they're going through, you help them develop their character and find the greatness that is within them. That is safety net parenting. They, are, they, they have a unique gift to contribute to the world. 
and each and we need that gift that they can contribute. And if they are helicopter parented, the chance of them really unleashing that gift in a way that has in a deep meaningful way is going to be blocked. So there's many reasons and for doing safety net parenting. And I know that everything I say is something that you know already. And that's why I give you the neurocycle. Why I've written this book to give you tools and steps that are mind, brain, neuroplasticity, psychoneurobiology that are going to actually change. Not just talk about it, not just hope for the best, not just have an odd technique here and there, but you put them into this framework, put the techniques but into this framework in the right order, which will then help you shift over into safety net parenting. Thank you so much for joining me. And last thing, share this episode with other people. This is, this is great information. And the more you share it, the more people can learn how to be safety net parents and help bring health to our children, improve their mental health. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to seeing you next time. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then... I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.